Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. Lawrence. Here's Gulami. The show. The show. Getting at the show. Yeah, eat my shorts. What do you want? It's not that simple. What do you want? Cash money for a picture of Spider-Man. Welcome back to Who Watches the Watchers, the one and only podcast that gives you not only a comic book episode every week, but a movie episode as well. Uh, my name is Ian. This is Paul Damien. This is Kenny. And I'm... <laughs> and this week we have a very special guest, <laughs> our buddy Matt, hey. who's very shy on the mic. Go yeah. ahead and say that a little bit louder for us, Matt. Hi, okay. I'm Matt. All right, All right. is All that right. better? Okay, okay. Um, and this week we're going to be talking about Batman and the Court of Owls. This is the launch of mm-hmm. the new Fifty Two mm-hmm. for Batman. Um, this is by Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo. We were going to read just the first seven issues because that's technically the Court of Owls, mm-hmm. um, but we went ahead and kind of rounded out the whole saga of the owls here at the beginning of his run, uh, ending at issue 11. So we read from 1 to 11, um, just so you guys at home know what to read whenever uh, you want to follow along at home. There I you guess. go. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, this is Scott Snyder, Greg Capullo. Um, Did these come out separately from each other? That was one thing I was just a little curious about. Like the first volume, was it pretty far away from the release of 8 through 11? Or were no, they, there was, it, was it was consecutive. consecutive? Okay. It was like month to month. It was mm-hmm. issues 1 through 11 gotcha. for 11 months. Sorry, that was one thing I was just a little curious about when it came to the writing of it because it felt... Like, like there could separate. have been some time between the writings and it was like a project com- that was being brought back or like coming, mm-hmm. they were coming back to it. Yeah. So. so what I think there is kind of some pockets in this book that are supposed to be filled out by like Nightwing and Detective Comics and other comics that were there's, coming out. There was like two or three spots. Yeah. There's like little that, references. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And so that's where it's supposed to be like, oh, to get the full thing of the Court of Owls, this is what you read. But um, we just read Scott Snyder and Greg Capullo's mm-hmm. shit. And um, this was my first time dabbling in anything mm-hmm. New 52. Yeah, same. Other than, I guess, Justice League, which I read all of, and Animal Man? I think I read most of An- Jeff Lemire's Animal Man. Right. Um, oh, and Scott Snyder did Swamp Thing for a little while, too. And I think I read oh, But this is definitely the first New 52 we've done for this Oh, podcast. for sure. Yeah. yeah. This is the only New 52. This, was my, this is the only New 52 I've ever read. Okay. And for sure, yeah. So I actually, uh, like about almost 10 years ago now, I did read these comics. Yeah. I read a lot of them, and especially a lot of the Batman mm-hmm. run. Um that was probably around 2013, 2014, and those right. comics were still coming out. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think I was... this launched in 2011, I think. Yes. And I remember yeah. I remember you got the first issue, and you're mm-hmm. like, dude, I'm going to go back every month to get this. Yeah, and I didn't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't until much later that we had to collect it through trades and uh-huh. stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, I, I actually really enjoyed this the first time, uh-huh. and I'm surprised with how much I forgot and how much... More, I enjoyed it reading it the second time. Okay. So it was awesome. really nice going back to it, to be honest. And Matt, you have almost no comic book reading under your belt. So I occasionally will dive into things. Some Something that's goofy, that looks mm-hmm. fun. Um, mm-hmm. Like a little while back, I read like, uh, what is it? Like a Spider-Gwen one. Oh, okay, Or like cool. the Adventure Time ones. Um, yeah. Just because they were interesting and they have actual cool little stories that go mm-hmm. on. Um, but this is the first serious comic i would say or one of the first ones like that mainstream actually, yeah that i've i've actually looked at and i had a great time going oh, through it 
awesome. That is, That's like, so I, cool. I really enjoyed uh, even this this opening here. Yeah. Um, that we can see. It's it's just. Yeah. It is. It's a lot of fun. Shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, uh, everything about it is great. Yeah. And I like how this story even starts off, which is like an even philosophical question for us ourselves to kind of answer as people who have read Batman stories mm-hmm. is what is Gotham? You know? Yeah. And so, I mean, when I read it the first time, I got the answer that we get to in the end of the first monologue, which is Gotham is Batman. It's got to be Batman City. That's what I would write if I got the opportunity to put that in a newspaper. Like yeah. it's my boys, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody know what I'm talking about, you know? It's very yeah. fun that they, they write all those different answers, but mm-hmm. they definitely say like, yes, the most common answers he is it is the batman like, yeah like yeah. a reporter walks up to you and it's like what is san antonio what would y'all say you know? the batman <laughs> like batman yeah it just make no sense i'd be like alligators in the sewer we don't have anything like that but i would want to fucking piranhas in the river san antonio is fiesta uh, that's probably the most yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's san that's a real antonio answer. is the alamo so yeah. that's probably what you hear the antonio most or whatever it is you remember that <laughs> yeah. yeah wait what what'd I, you think there was like some some project is like somos de san antonio i can't remember the word i don't even oh. know spanish so <laughs> <laughs> why am i even saying <laughs> no that's a real thing i actually believed as a kid my mom convinced me there were piranhas in the river walk it was oh, the way really? she made sure yeah. i stay out of the water and i believed that way too far into my <laughs> life before i realized <laughs> it had to be bullshit but i genuinely believe there was like man eating fish in that water and you could not go near it so. That is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, but yeah, this book starts out with... Um, He's in Arkham. Yeah, we're infiltrating Arkham. Arkham. And I guess it's revealed later that Dick Grayson's wearing a Joker, like digital mm-hmm. Joker mask. Yeah. Which I guess he spent some time in there because they were trying to do some detective work on a guard Yeah, there. I don't know. A lot of that has been lost on me now since we got so heavily. There's much other story yeah. into it, yeah. Just on the artwork, mm-hmm. that initial opening was a perfect introduction for me because, again, as someone who doesn't typically read this kind of thing, um, all the those characters in the beginning look yeah. so grotesque, mm-hmm. and and all this action is going on, and I'm just immediately like, "Wow, I can't wait to get through this." And then you see the Joker, uh-huh. and I was like, "He is uh, horrendous. <laughs> He's disgusting." <laughs> and then it just shows him and Batman kind of like fighting it out tussle mm-hmm. yeah and i'm just like wow this this can't get any better than this. <laughs> no it's um, something i think is so funny about batman versus like superman comics is superman comics you know we've even talked about on here everything is so beautiful in them you know everybody's drawn so nicely like even the villains for what they are look great and then mm-hmm. you get to batman comics and it, it but it's so fitting they're so grimy and it's like greg capullo yes. totally understood that er- exactly everything needed to look kind of fucked up in yeah. this comic book to get the tone of what we're wanting to feel which is dark grimy city with dark grimy corners you know to- uh, and so you're right like right out the gate getting mm-hmm. this full spread of uh, a whole slew of his super villains is both fun to get to just look at and be like oh look at all these assholes yeah. but it really gives you that tonality of like oh this is going to be like a like a, a tough comic. You yeah, know? definitely. And, and speaking on that note, um, I feel like a lot of times, like w- whenever you read a B- Batman, a Batman, Batman, <laughs> a Batman comic, <laughs> I feel like a lot of it is like through his eyes and how he sees Gotham, how he sees the right. world. Yeah. And so that's why they make it more gritty other than it just being Batman, you know, and then same thing with Superman. Superman sees his world, sees the earth as like he a sees majestic the good in home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's why everything looks so beautiful all the time and everything has so much more color. You know? But if we go back to um, Grant Morrison's All-Star Superman, when we go to the prison where Lex Luthor is being mm-hmm. kept, it's 
pristine. Yeah. Even yeah. though it has grimy, shitty dudes in it, it's a good columned building yeah. with good cells. And then you see Arkham Asylum, and it's like, no, this is hell. Yeah. yeah. It's like, no, this exactly. is a barely functioning facility. <laughs> exactly. Breakouts all the time. I don't know how we're still in business. Honestly. Yeah. <laughs> I like how the beginning of this book opens up with them allowing a breakout to happen just so Batman can get some dirt on a guard. That's so true. <laughs> He like no, it's like an organized breakout. Yeah. It's like organized wildfires. You know, like, I know I can control it. Yeah, yeah. contained fires. It's so funny. <laughs> it's like you can't contain fire, man. That that shit's fire. Mm-hmm. You can if you're a firebender. Okay. <laughs> but at the same time, that little uh, that little thing that they allow to happen for a little bit opens yeah. up this entire story. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, it goes so so much further. I know. Yeah. And so the Court of Owls is a nursery rhyme, a legend mm-hmm. in this world. It's like um I don't know. It's it's folktale. Yeah, it's like folk yeah, exactly. It's alligators exactly. in the sewer, you know, yeah. basically. But they've managed to come up with a whole little nursery rhyme to go along with it, which I think is like one of those like reverse engineered things where they're like, We're gonna put this out there, but pretend we're fiction, you know? Mm-hmm. Make it yeah. a kid's song so people are like, oh, well, that's just dang old Mother Goose, you yeah. know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it it makes Batman, he, we learned that he did believe in him, mm-hmm. found right. out that it maybe wasn't true, and then just abandoned all belief in it, or maybe hoped that it wasn't true. You yeah, know what I mean? And that's why he seemed to be in such a denial a state of denial throughout the majority of this comic, mm-hmm. you know, starting off just like, no, they don't they can't be real. Exist. Yeah, yeah well, it's bullshit. People are just trying to get under my skin. Also, when he's actually diving into them, he learns a lesson that he that's right. was consumed by by the idea of this. Yeah. yeah. And that was his first uh, detective mm-hmm. job. Yeah, as a kid. Yeah. And so he, he, he as, as he sees that, he's like, I dove too deep. I, I got it was too personal into yeah. the conspiracy. Mm-hmm. He was by the time they found him, he was comatose. Yeah, he, he'd he, been trapped in the yeah. attic or wherever. He was too consumed by the idea that the door closed behind him, and because of that, yeah. that affects the way he handles things in the future. That's and right. That's, that's so. Uh, cool. It yeah. Arguably, Scott's... the owls closed the door on him. Oh, he was right. getting too close. Oh, right. I mean that's probably the truth. But yeah, no, Scott Snyder, he knows how to write something and then backtrack on it to figure out if it's bulletproof mm-hmm. and then write bulletproof armor around it. You know what I mean? Like he has an idea, he writes it down and then he's like, how would someone else poke holes through this? And then he goes backwards and he, he writes in all the little holes to, to guard himself kind of, you know what I mean? To your knowledge, had he written Batman before this? So he wrote the, the detective uh, comics, I think he wrote like 17 or so issues before New 52 happened. Gotcha. So pre-Flashpoint, he was writing Detective. So this was probably great for him because he had a like a fresher Batman to actually work with. This was a backstory. He had more open space to write the way he kind of wanted to. Yeah. He could be like, well, the Wayne murders haven't been figured out in New 52 yet. And I think that's great because it feels like he exactly he knew how to write batman and he knew how to realistically be like okay how would we get to this guy this fucking guy like how would he exist and it's such a good way to like in my opinion yeah step back and see how the child would become the bat you know yeah for sure and in more ways this this was a perfect opportunity for him because you know flashpoint had just happened 
So yeah. it was a it's a brand new universe and he could do Batman however the fuck he wanted. Exactly. Matt, do you yeah. know about Flashpoint and New Fifty Two? No. I We're just talking I, out of our I like no, half I, explained I have, it to you the oh. other day, but I don't think you were able to follow along because no. so, we were drinking. So yeah. basically <laughs> Flashpoint reset the DC universe. And so the new fifty two, every book, it was fifty two books. All of them were starting the the universe brand new. So this technically, yeah. this what we read is the first comics of current Batman continuity. Yes, but then isn't it not really a thing anymore anyway? So they got rid of New Fifty Two, yeah. but the Batman that exists post Rebirth is still that the New Fifty Two. Yeah, Batman. it's still the same Batman. It's yeah. just now we have more than fifty two universe stories within their universe. Is it, exactly. is it all the same characters canonically? Um, except for, I think, Superman and Lois and their son, John, I think most of everybody is still new 52 iterations, which is kind of cool because they're Mm -hmm. trying to keep a continuity. But I think even right now they're working on something called Dark Crisis, which is going to possibly reboot everything. Break the multiverse. All over again. (laughs) Which is how DC rolls. Yeah. That's how DC rolls. And fucking... Zidars. No, oh, he is. Yeah, Chip, Chip Zdarsky. No, he's not writing dark, dark. He's picking up Batman, crisis, but he's picking up Batman, I, like the main run of Batman. I just want Chip to be like in in charge. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I love I love honestly I love DC more than Marvel. I love the characters in DC more mm-hmm. than I love the characters in Marvel. So I would love to see Chip Zdarsky doing anything. DC, you know, we're eventually going to read his Justice League book, but now that mm-hmm. he's picking up Batman pretty soon, and I hope he carrying it, book. that would be. I just, I just want to see his fucking composition notebook of just that just says <laughs> Batman on the cover that he just has all these fucking ideas he's written because I know it exists. Yeah, you know? I know he's just so hot and ready to, to start writing this comic. You know, he's like, uh, he's probably writing Daredevil, and he's like, oh, I shouldn't do that with Matt. I'm going to do that with Bruce Lee. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> she just has them side by side. Yeah. Red Batman, regular Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Red Batman. Uh, it's a bl- uh, blind Marvel karate guy. Yeah. Blind- <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Yes. Um, real quick. So Scott Snyder, yes, he wrote a little bit of Batman beforehand. Mm-hmm. He starts okay. this. He's terrified. He's dreading it because this is the new Batman for the new DC universe. He calls up his cousin Zach. Yeah, and he's like, how do I do Batman? <laughs> And Zack Snyder's like, don't, Who are don't you? ask me. He's like, don't ask me. Yeah. I don't know how to do Batman either. Who are you? He's like, add Superman. Both their mom's names are Martha. That's all I got. <laughs> Sorry. Great movie. I have to shit on that movie every chance you, I get. You're fine. That's fine. That's that's what they exist for. I'm just kidding. They're, they're perfect punching bags. Zack Snyder was like, you know why True. I made these movies? I just wanted somewhere for you to shit. <laughs> I just need to make to it. make all my other movies look way better <laughs> by design. Watchmen. Oh, it was a, fl- a flop when it came out. Watch what I can do now. <laughs> watch it. Watch it again. It's so good, right? Yeah. <laughs> Compared to my shit now. <laughs> you thought that shit was a flop. This shit's gonna do the worm. It's gonna flop so hard. He, he literally pulled the. Uh, I'll do it again. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, hold my beer. Um, <laughs> One more. Here's the DJ call it of movies. Like, they didn't want me to have another flop, so I got another flop. Another one. Another one. Great job. (laughs) But yeah, so Scott Snyder, he was terrified of doing this book. Um, And sure enough, it was a fucking hit right out of the bat. Mm -hmm. Right Right out of the bat. Right out of the Batman. And I think it's because right out of the Batcave, dude. (laughs) Fuck. That was like perfect. Fuck. Um, but no, I think it's because 
when they launched the new 52, there was an in quotes mandate mm-hmm. that for every three villains that they were going to use, they had to create a new one. Oh, okay. And, and so Scott owl. Snyder was like, I'm just going to go, if this is the story that I've been cooking up, because he was like, I have to create a new villain. If this is the story I'm cooking up, I'm going to throw it all against the board right here, right now, because this might be the only time I can write Batman ever again. Right. And so he did the Court of Owls. And that's how we got this. That's how we got this big, bombastic, brand new thing right out of the bat in the New 52 is because he was like, I I got all my spaghetti right here. Let me Mm -hmm. throw it at the wall, you know? (laughs) And it's why it wasn't something like more redundant than anything we'd seen before. It wasn't another Joker story. Yeah, he had to have something fresh thrown into it, specifically a villain too, which exactly that alone, it's not like you have to change the story. It can't just be your normal Joker tale. Um, What did y'all think of like, the design? The, well, the talons, even when they first started showing up and stuff. Yeah, like the design of them. Did I you? thought they were fucking badass. I Like even this, the first iteration that they mm-hmm. show you. I think he looks maybe better. cool as fuck. Yeah. Um, uh, the last one, the all high tech one, I think he's cool too, but I like I like the original one. I, the I, first one that they I showed you. I can agree on that. I yeah. didn't really vibe with that last one. Uh, yeah. the, la- the final form, you know, his, uh, but at the, at the same time, all of them, all of this is is so different. I like the idea of the owls eating the bats and, oh, yeah. and all of that. They're they're trying to really wear down on Batman's spirit. Like that's and, Batman's uh, natural predator. Exactly. The Court of Owls existed before this, right? No, no, no. so this created the Court of Owls. See that I didn't understand. The, look that up. Yeah, the issue two was the first time the Court of Owls was had ever, ever been mentioned. Yeah. Got you. See, so that was something I guess I didn't understand. Is that that's something the new fifty two brought in? Because I remember when these were like on Barnes and Nobles bookshelves yeah. and they had the white masks in them that you could literally get with the copies of the first volume um so i just i guess i just always thought they were like a pre-designed like always there kind of ending yeah, to batman right. before this so that's then that's nuts yeah that this was something ex- he didn't even just bring on a new enemy he brought on like a new like organization organization yeah. and that's kind of a crazy thing to have done you know he didn't just bring modok he brought fucking aim you know yeah exactly <laughs> no for sure and i that's why i think this is probably the strongest new 52 book is scott snyder and greg capullo's batman because it stays pretty consistent this team mm-hmm. throughout 52 42 however long these the it goes on for a few years it goes on for a while um but yeah this start to this book is pretty stellar in i my think mind. the new 52 was from 2011 to 2016 yeah so it went on for f- five years almost yeah. more yeah and so it went on for a while um but yeah, the Talon's design, I think just the standard Talon, the fucking Court of Owls, the pristine, like, rich people wearing the white masks, I think it looks so cool. It's all so striking. Yeah, and it's something I always really was drawn to when seeing stuff from the story was, yeah, the idea of just, like, exactly your Illuminati-type group that all right. have matching masks, that the, they could be anybody kind mm. of guys. You know, they all dress like they're the richest of Gotham, but who's to say that's not just another, you know layer of the costume in a way right. that they're all dressing rich when they could just be anybody you know exactly. so, so i like the mystery behind their whole design for sure and so. i love that in batman's delirium he eventually sees them as like owl people yeah and, like and himself too yeah no and he's just like everything's changing because he's going crazy and i love the way they depict it in the comic by turning the pages yes over and mm-hmm. over. yeah it's really interesting <laughs> 
it really threw me off. Yeah. yeah. A good amount of times. I was like, what's what's wrong? What's wrong with my comic? <laughs> what what really gets me is the uh, level of mystery around these yeah. characters. Mm-hmm. And immediately it throws Batman into a place of like, he really doesn't know what's going on. This this completely catches him off guard. Mm-hmm. He's starting to doubt uh, characters that were introduced to this. Uh, is it Lincoln March? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Lincoln March. Yes. Okay. Who looks so, way too much like he looks Bruce like Wayne Bruce Avatar. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Um, <laughs> exactly. But the first thing the Batman does is he starts kind of like looking at the people around him and he's like, hey, so like, can I really trust these people? He even doubts one of the Rom- Robins. Is that right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Dick. Yeah. Because Dick, right. Dick has a lineage or he had no, DNA, he had DNA under the fingerprints of yeah of one the of the, the, vic- the initial victim. Yeah, so that's right. We catch this this point where he's like, uh, he's kind of doubting that Robin mm-hmm. and the Robin's like, well, hey, do you want do you want my my uh, well, I don't know what it was is like his blood or something, or do you want my do you want, uh, do you want to test my DNA? Yeah, then? you want to say, bro, I'll give you a man or you, something. You, I'll and, give you my body. And Batman has this moment of no, I already checked, and of course, like, <laughs> yeah, he, I already I already watched mm-hmm. the footage. That's yeah. what he says, something yeah. like that. He just and, opens a fridge. It's just full. It just says Dick's DNA, and it's just full of <laughs> jars. Which honestly, I can imagine he has all of their DNA. Stored yeah, just away. on tap. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, just press the button. It's right there. Yeah, for sure. Speed dial. He has a button for dick. Yeah, and he has a dick button. Yeah, he does. <laughs> that's that's the noise it makes when he, yeah, when he presses the button. But honestly, like how the Court of Owls are designed in this book is like what I want more from Madame Mask in like Marvel mm, comics. Yeah, I would love yeah. for her to be more like this, to th- like that terrifying organization. Exactly, and yeah. and like there could be, and it even could just be a bunch of her because we've seen her use LMDs and stuff. Like exactly. I would love that idea of like she could just be anywhere or anyone, and all they have to do is put on her mask, and then all of a sudden they belong oh. to her organization. Yeah, man or woman, the same gold mask goes yeah. on. And it's like, oh my god, it's her. You know, it's like Opus. Yeah, to throw back to another episode. Yeah, exactly. For sure. So you Go never know. To that episode. Yeah, listen to our Hawkeye episode yeah, exactly. with Jar Opus. <laughs> Episode, to bring up the bishop because we <laughs> see that everything. she can obviously take on other pe- looks you know yeah, she right. could be anybody so i really love i that's something that they could have easily played with in this as well in my opinion but it i just want that level of uh f- yeah w- fear mongering from mm-hmm. her that we get from the court of owls in this because to see batman get tortured by a group you know the great you know it's like one of those things you know where we all know how tough Batman is we all know right. how good of a detective Batman is you know that's something that great even job. people who are like not gigantic batman fans no batman is those two things a badass motherfucker and a great detective you know so to have this organization that's always you know we're now being presented as always being there and to be able to just fuck with him in the ways that we see them do is almost surreal you know it's like so it's it didn't take me out of it a little bit but it was like really hard to believe like dang they really are just consistently keeping a one-up on this guy that is like the perpetual one-upper you know yeah right so well, it was really I mean, interesting to see how he, it got explained that they were exactly kind of always there and somehow mm-hmm. always hiding under the under the surface. You right. Know? I, I thought that was a beautiful way that they talked about it. Mm-hmm. Um, the thirteenth floor of yeah, all these the buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. it's so good. That's what I was into, yeah. um, but I mean, the when you when you really think about it, the way Batman like overcomes a lot of his enemies is he studies them and he mm-hmm. he focuses on what they can and cannot do, and he's always watching them. But the owls are always watching. Mm-hmm. Yes. So the owls have know everything about Batman. Yeah. But they didn't least, know he was Bruce Wayne. Yeah, that's another thing. So they, I, th- I think, I, I don't know how true this is because I think this is something that I heard that happens much later. But I think the Waynes were going to be in the Court of Owls 
and Bruce was bred to be a Talon. Or it might have been Dick. I can't remember the, no. what happens later. In, in the story, they did mention Dick definitely yeah. was being yes. like yeah. looked at, but then his parents died, and then Bat- Batman was like, "No, you're my orphan <laughs> right. Superboy. Yeah. You are a different bird, my, yeah. my boy." <laughs> they have this thing where the uh, the Talons have uh, their teeth in the shape of an owl. Somehow, I don't. Know. Oh yeah, oh, the mole. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's like a a filling. Right. Right. Um, and, I'm gonna go ahead and say, and excuse me if I'm jumping a little too far. You're fine. But this this middle section where they're terrorizing Batman yeah. was my favorite part of this, this <laughs> oh, whole it was, thing. I'm, it was I, awesome. Yeah. Um, no, for sure. It actually kind of caught me off guard in a whole... Because you've never seen Batman so weak. A little louder. So what what really got me, right, was we're, they, they catch Batman. They're mm-hmm. terrorizing him. They're doing all this crazy nonsense to him. Um, the Court of Owls puts him in the labyrinth. And all of a sudden, the pages are like sideways. Yeah. yeah. The book right. can't even keep its shit together at a point. And, exactly. and that that to me was like, why are they doing this, right? Yeah, so, you're like, I guess they need longer pages. I, well, that's what I actually <laughs> believed. Um, so I'm like, oh, they just need this to be more spread dr- out. Like spread out. They want to do this format. And I was like, okay, I, I guess that's a thing. And it starts to get even more and more like confusing. The pages are all of a sudden upside down. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm as confused. I felt confused by that, genuinely. I didn't know what was going on. And that gave me the sense of, wow, this is how Batman feels. And that's amazing. Yeah. That was perfect. Yeah, I, it, I really, it, like it really gives the effect of, like, disorientation, you know? Exactly. Like, not knowing time from day, you know? It creates that effect of, like, oh, shit, like, this, we're getting this fucked up at this point, but now I can't even read the book, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and people, people thought the printers had fucked up. That's like, when really? the book came out, people were like, Oh, someone fucked someone fucked it up real bad at Diamond. You know what I mean? And so yeah. they were they were flipping the book, and then you find out later that Scott was like, "Dude, the first initial reactions to so many of the issues, I was like, I'm almost bulletproof. I can do whatever I want." So he tells his editor, "Like, dude, I want to do this thing where you have to start turning the book. The more down the rabbit hole we go, basically." Exactly. And yeah. do you think the um the water that was there in the fountain was actually a drug? Because I, you don't see. Obviously, you don't see anything before it, but like you don't, everything starts to happen shortly after he drinks the water. Yeah. So they mention outside, once we finally Mm -hmm. see someone outside, that he's been missing for eight days. Yeah. Yeah. I was hoping that this was, it was drugged. I mean, the water could definitely have Mm -hmm. been drugged, but I think after eight days of like, Wandering no in the dark and no food, yeah. Oh, I think true. you could you could end up this way. And he probably hasn't been sleeping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and counter well, to... Well, that what, right there, too. Yeah, yeah, he hadn't slept in a week, you know? <laughs> counter to what Damien's saying, I was actually hoping for the very opposite. I was like, the water's normal, but he's so paranoid. Mm-hmm. That yeah. yeah, exactly. That. And you um, know eyes are watching you the whole time. You know, there's like blatant eyes in yeah. the sky just staring at you and everything you're doing. And every time you find a dark place to hide, they shine a giant fucking spotlight on you. So there's never respite from him. Yeah, you'd I fucking... was hoping he was, he was only there for like two hours. Oh, That's yeah. what I was hoping for. That but it then... was like a ridiculously yeah. low amount of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I, I thought this issue was so fucking good is because it's like, yeah, it really plays against Batman. You really have to drag him through the dirt in order for him to overcome this shit. Mm-hmm. What did y'all think about the room with all the photos? I thought it was pretty cool. Like, in, if you really look closely, those photos, they're, each row of photos is, is one, one person yeah. mm-hmm. as they slowly go crazier and crazier. I, and I, I just, I love that. I, I didn't I, pay attention to that, mm-hmm. but I thought of it as brilliant 
and horrible psychological yeah. Yeah. warfare. And eventually, mm-hmm. the best part, which I did catch, was the Batman's face ends up on those photos. Yeah. And they're like, this is you. We're, we're driving <laughs> you insane. I love the idea of every day having like, all right, time for your photo. And, they're like, <laughs> and you're like, ah. <laughs> but it, it's funny to imagine that every time he goes into that room, because he goes into it several times, every time yeah. he goes into that room, they've probably snapped a photo of him without mm-hmm. him knowing. And that's why those photos are there. Yeah. But so going back to like, like wow. Greg Capolo's <laughs> art, and then I I don't know who the inkers and stuff or the uh, colors were for this particularly, but I mean it just it shows that grittiness that we were yeah. going back to. Mm-hmm. I mean once it jumps into this stuff, I was like, damn, look how fucking fucked up Batman looks. Look at those eyes. I mean, that look at the red in those eyes. Eye. Yeah. yeah, you really get the feeling from it, not only from the turning pages, but from how just dark and gritty and fucked up everything looks in this mm-hmm. comic book. You know, I mean, yeah. Batman looks like a goddamn. Ma- he looks like a zombie. Yeah. at a point, you know, he doesn't even. Look look alive anymore he's a fucking so. mess yeah for sure <laughs> but i kind of couldn't believe that uh he got out of this situation i'm not gonna <laughs> so yeah he I, used chemical chemistry mm-hmm. so to get out of it when batman is pushed up against a wall he finds brilliance and mm-hmm. what he does is he smashes that little camera to get his his chemicals what was it, it? was uh it was the flint the filament from the, the he flint. was like slowly over time smashing yeah. it so he could get exactly the explosive little film that's inside of it hey matt you keep uh talking on the mic like you're on npr yeah. <laughs> you gotta bring the energy bro where's the bass in your voice here on NPR. you don't gotta be you don't gotta be close you just gotta be loud bro <laughs> yeah you, you're good either way because yeah. the i think the the uh, levelizer, equalizer, the levelizer, the levelator. No, we got to bring the energy. Dang, we we <laughs> we, we combined I shit. Co- yeah, I combined my word with yours. All right. <laughs> um, but yeah, he uses. He goes crazy and starts yeah. seeing owl people out of all of them, and somehow mm-hmm. turns into like a giant monster version of himself. I which, think yeah, it's just so adrenaline. And I stuff think now that in. he's in the dark, this is how it feels that he's fighting, and that's what it feels like he mm-hmm. is fighting is like actual owl people, and so he just feels like a maniac monster mm-hmm. slashing at these these people. He is the Batman, and these yeah. are these are real people, by the way, too. Or, or yeah, they're mm-hmm. they're actual they're actually there. They're just crazy people dressed up as owls and he starts perceiving him uh, them that way they, the he, he sees them yeah because you see a panel by panel where the little girl looks like she has abnormal like yeah. features and then you see her normally and she's just a little girl holding a dolly mm-hmm. right um let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll finish talking about court of owls who who this should have been one of your things Do you and we're back holy hell goodness gracious. welcome welcome back Welcome. And we're talking about Court of Owls. We're going to continue talking about these bastards for the next 30 minutes at least. So yeah, no, Batman escaped the Court of Owls. Somehow. Escaped the labyrinth by... Um, falling into the uh, a cave system that he knew was oh, underneath right. as well. There always yes. seems to be conveniently a fastly moving water system under in most places that a character needs mm-hmm. to escape from, and I always do appreciate that. You know, actually, <laughs> I also, those underwater rivers. I also love that he was able to, when he drank the water, he was able to deduce where he was mm-hmm. by the taste of the oh, water. Right. Like the, right. the minerals yes. in the water. That's yeah. exactly what I was going to say. Uh, he he tastes that water and he's like, oh, I know where we are. Yeah. I got yeah. you. He's like, oh, mm, 1% limestone. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's, like, like, he's like, tastes like pennies and <laughs> copper. He's like, oh, wait, I'm bleeding. Penny, <laughs> penny worse? <laughs> Alfred. Alfred, <laughs> knock over the giant penny. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then um, we get the big reveal that they unleash 
just an army of talons that's right. Right. into the world. They're so like, the, the system of how they keep the talons uh, like sedated mm-hmm. is very cool because he talks freeze. about it. Yeah, he talks yeah. about it later where there there's some sort of cellular progression or, or cellular degeneration within their cells that allows them to pretty much be dead mm-hmm. be undead yeah and so he, they keep them in fucking coffins and on how they mark the coffins is by photos of the kids that they've inducted into right. the fucking talent system and it's kind of terrifying yeah <laughs> also it's unbelievable with uh in the in the somewhere in the beginning mm-hmm. right they have this thing where Batman is kind of showcasing the new Gotham. Mm-hmm. He right. has this uh, mm-hmm. digital projection of sorts kind of like sticking out. Um, but then when he's in that little uh, cave system, the, yeah. the labyrinth, he's being terrorized. They have their own version of Gotham and he That's has right. this realization. He's like, you know what? I was a fool for believing my version of Gotham was the real Gotham. And you guys are fools for believing your version of Gotham is the real Gotham. The city is the real version. Mm-hmm. These are just uh, mock-ups. And, yeah. And he, he kind of, you know, he, he does his Batman thing where he just punches his way through it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it, it even goes deeper than that in the fact that he was trying to do essentially what the Court of Owls had already done to Gotham. Right. He was trying to create these secret bases so he could watch everything. That's right. Which is what the Court of Owls mm-hmm. already does, but just in a much more sinister way. And right. by the way, I don't know if you guys caught this, those secret bases that they had were funded by the Waynes. Mm-hmm. Right. Which yes. was, was in all of their buildings. Yeah. Exactly. Alan Wayne, who arguably created a lot of the Gotham skyline, after he became what he became, he started erecting these buildings, leaving space superstitiously for those 13th mm-hmm. floors. And of course, that's where they operated out of. And they talk about the lore of like the owls. Yeah, I was going to say, Scott lore. Snyder obviously loved owls because he did a lot of research to be like, oh, they eat bats. He's like, yeah. what bird, what's a predator to bats? And he's yeah. like, owls. He's like, I'm, that's my enemy. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, I mean, even the fact exactly that they, they steal the nests. They yeah. invade other people's nests. That's so fucking dope. That mm-hmm. they, it's just all written into the the actual naturalistic versions of owls. Right. Mm-hmm. What if Scott Snyder also really loved the idea of Owlman in general? Yeah, mm-hmm. Owlman being like yeah. the Earth 2 Batman. Exactly. Yeah. And so he was like, well, Owlman could probably rival Batman, so I'll just make my own version of Owlman, but make him in the actual continuity of Batman. Do you think that that lessens the Court of Owls to you is that there was already an Owlman? No, not even no? because he's a this is a completely different character, yeah. you know? Like as Google. as much as they're based on the same thing, they're they're completely different characters because uh, I don't I don't see Owlman being anything like Talon. <laughs> and one thing but I appreciated yeah. about the name, you know, the lore that he put into the Court of Owls was that it's not they're not a reaction of Batman. They're not something oh, that right. Batman yeah. created like so many of his enemies. This is something that has been established decades before Bruce was ever even born. You know, <laughs> I feel like of that's a kind of a redundant. It's just thing. a coincidence. Yeah. That. That there is this, you know, the natural prey going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I was just going to say, I feel like it, it's been kind of redundant with his enemies that so many of them are like the results of like his actions, you know, the Joker uh, and so many others that I feel like come from his own existence, you know. That's something I wanted to talk about real quick. It feels like Scott also sat back and was like, a lot of Batman's villains are either criminals, thieves, or the psychic mm-hmm. psych- crazy psychically unwell psychic's not a right Psych- the right yeah. word yeah no, psychologically psychic. yeah um but they're poor people mm-hmm. 
And so he was like, uh, can I make wealthy people his enemy? <laughs> well, I mean, it, arguably Cobblepot's not. Yeah. Well, he's also a thief. Mr. You know? Freeze, yeah. They're still but criminals. Yeah. They are still criminals. And like maybe their parents weren't even wealthy because of mm-hmm. their own, you know, work. They were probably mm-hmm. thieves as well, you know? It's just this interesting idea where it's like, instead of making another, you know, poor, crazy person, why don't I make a society a high society that is his antagonist. Which time. which I, I really love that they did this whole secret society in the shadows because it reminds me of uh fucking Ra's al Ghul. Yeah. And what what are they called? Uh the yeah. Do you uh, know it? No, I don't. It's the League of Shadows. League of League Shadows, shadows. Okay. Yeah, okay. Which that's funny because I said Heidi in the Shadows. <laughs> yeah. Um, but what's it called? They he was like he probably also liked that idea. Mm-hmm. And was like, oh, but I could make it my own, like you said, high society, and they're much more integrated in just Gotham's roots in general. Yeah. Uh, so I, I thought that was fucking fantastic. Sorry, I can't stop looking at this picture you have here. <laughs> yeah, Magma Batman. Batman. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was also really cool that he had the suit. It's like steampunk. Um, uh, Batman can't do this. Oh man! If imagine if they hadn't created Gotham City, imagine it was like New York. Batman was just in New York. This shit would kind of suck. Mm-hmm. The fact that it is Batman City, Gotham is Batman City, and we're allowed to upend everything we know about a city and make it all fictional. That's what really makes a lot of these good Batman stories work. Does is that, New York City exist in the DC universe? Yes. It's just a different place. So the idea is so so I. Pretty sure Gotham is supposed to be New like York, isn't Manhattan. it? No, and then Gotham is Metropolis is New- Manhattan. Gotham is New Jersey. Oh, okay. It, and I think even still, Jersey still exists. Yes. And then even still, New York's right across the bay. And then Metropolis is kind of like Manhattan. Metropolis, I think, is Cincinnati. Or no? Really? Well, because it's or like Chicago almost. It, I think it is Cincinnati because I think it's Ohio. Mm. Is but the it, idea? It's it's got. Uh, sorry, Metropolis is like real close. There, yeah, Gotham. it's more by design, is yeah. what we're even yeah. describing. Because yeah. Metropolis isn't even... an island, right? It's like a no, yeah, no, yeah. It it is it, like in the middle of because Gotham is an island, isn't it? That's why I compare yes. it to Manhattan. Yes, that's Gotham what I'm saying. Is it's an, an it is an island mm-hmm. city. Yeah, yeah. I mean, regardless, yeah. New York does exist, but then there's also like Star City, and <laughs> I mean, I think that's a smart choice of DC to do exactly yeah. because then they can have buildings be erected in these cities that make more, you know, or can be accurate. You know, it's like as cool as the Avengers Towers was. It's not in New York; they're creating an artificial skyline. You know, exactly. and um, they can also like talk shit about a city yeah. like oh gotham fucking sucks yeah, yeah. and like, it can be, be talking about an yeah grimy city. and dirty and gross yeah and they're not shooting right at the get in your mic oh sorry yeah <laughs> i'm sorry about that there you go there. um yeah i mean exactly they can mm-hmm. basically be like oh this city's grimy and gross and full of villains villains and crazy people and but it we made it so that's why it's fine that we talk this bad yeah, about exactly. it <laughs> it's our city <laughs> No, uh, but I just I I love that these are wealthy people. Mm-hmm. No, like, I think that's such a great design because you're right. It's uh it's something we haven't seen enough of in Batman is people that I feel like are on his level, not just like financially. Financially, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so the Court of Owls wakes 
dare I say, a flock of talons. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and we have at this point learned that they are sensitive. To the, they've brought back, they're being warmed up. They're little cold boys until they get, mm-hmm. you know, they're little popsicles. So, And, and Alfred uh, ends up doing this call out and he's like, Every every ally of the Batman. oh yeah he calls oh, all the, that right that because was all the so assassins. cool yeah and mm-hmm. and we get this perspective of multiple Robins was there a, a Batgirl a, as well a, yes there's a Batgirl yeah I wanted to look at here that. I can bring it up yeah so this this like little backup in um okay so right here yeah real quick so is that it's Red Robin yeah so we get then, Damien well this is Damien so then yeah that's, that's Red, Red Robin yeah, J E no. Red Hood. So is it? It's, it's Tim Drake, right? It's yeah. Tim Drake as Red Robin, Jason Todd as Red, Red Hood, Hood Damian Wayne as Robin, Dick, Dick Grayson, Grayson as Nightwing, Barbara Gordon as, and then that's as the the Birds of Prey. I think it's yeah. I can't remember. Oh, the okay. See, that was the only panel. That was yeah. the only one I didn't understand was who the last group was because everybody else was pretty on the nose. Mm-hmm. I was like, who are these? Who it's are these? Katana, mm-hmm. and I think that might be Black Canary. Oh, I can't yeah. remember. I can't remember the new Fifty Two Birds of yeah. Prey. But, I'm pretty sure it's Black Canary. Yeah. Um, I love this because then it also lets you know, like, hey, these are the other books that will be affected by the Court of Owls. And so, yeah, that's another thing. The Court of Owls is such a banger right out the bat that it was almost like a mandate for the rest of the Bat books to... The Bat books. <laughs> ...incorporate the Court of Owls <laughs> right. somehow. That's what you and I need to go on as a mandate. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> fuck. But I love that the Batcave obviously has the world's greatest air conditioning because it can get down to like negative 40 degrees right. or something. I was like, like 10 minutes. Why would you be <laughs> equipped for that, Bruce? Well, like, I, I think because of all the bats that live in there, he's got to have it at the right temperature for just, the bats. He's just ready to host for uh, Mr. Freeze. You know, he's like, come over. I can host a party. I can get my place cozy exactly. for you. you know? like, it's it's beyond a climate controlled. It's just a yeah. whole <laughs> artificial world in the Batcave. He's ready to do everything at any time possible. Which yeah. I think is <laughs> to the point that of, the fucking dinosaur can move. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Which I think is kind of perfect because like he knows... If anybody ever gets that far, he has he has plenty of shit, you know, to yeah. counteract them, no matter what they are. If there's zombies that need heat, he's got he's yeah. got an ice block apparently. Yeah, <laughs> the bat domain. And uh, by the way, on that dinosaur, uh-huh. uh, as they were leading up to that, you see almost a reflection in its eye. And I had I still had no idea it was about to stomp <laughs> down on Same. some. See, talent. okay, so whenever it was showing the reflection, I w- I was having a hard time deciphering where it was. What we were even seeing, oh, yeah. yeah, that's so funny. God damn it! So yeah, uh, the Batman, the or excuse me, the Talons fight the dinosaur. Yeah, they while f- fucking huge armored Batman. Who's in like a heat suit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> the only thing keeping him alive, and I guess, is what it now a very cold room, which we have no context for, except that Alfred's just yelling about it the entire time. <laughs> yeah, it's so cold in there for you, Mister Wayne. And it's like, is it? He and seems like that's not his biggest worry right now. Which, when they describe that suit, he's describing it as like this ultimate military industrial that, suit that it was made for war. And yeah. um, these guys are just tearing it apart like it's child's play. Yeah. Well, I mean, arguably, they're. <laughs> They're made for war too. Well, not war, but yeah. you know, <laughs> I love that in these parts of the comic, though, like where Batman's fighting all the talents, he's also telling a story yes. in the background. Yeah, he's telling the story about 
when the Wayne Manor was first created, mm-hmm. um, that there was it was infested with bats because the cave right. system underneath. And so his like uncles or his yeah. great uncles or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right. His ancestors essentially brought owls in. Yeah. to kill tiger the bats. owls. I appreciated yeah. that there was tiger owls and. And they thought they got all the bats, but the bats just recessed further and further into the cave. And then I, perfect enough, it gets so cold that the bats have to come out, I yeah. guess. I don't know bat bat anatomy. <laughs> <laughs> Batman anatomy. <laughs> yeah, but apparently bats, they like the cold and they come out and... They're immediately Team Batman. As soon yeah. as they yeah. see him, they're like, oh, we need to defend this guy. Yeah, <laughs> which I can imagine That's he big maybe mommy bat. something, like some sort of frequency or something. <laughs> oh, true, yeah. He must have some sort of Ant-Man technology. Some, some bat frequency. Yeah. It's the bat call. It's the, it, right. <laughs> That's it what is. it sounds like. <laughs> It sounds like this. And then we see one's getting away, and they're like, oh, well, we haven't had the fucking Batmobile in any yeah. of these comics yet, so Batmobile! And so yeah. Batman runs his ass over, and he's like, he'll fucking heal. Let's uh, let's talk about Lincoln March. Yeah, we haven't really talked on Lincoln March, and he's what is meant to be like something we were following along with this whole comic book, but yeah. I feel like they didn't... That was one thing I had a little bit of a beef with, is it's like one of those typical, like... It was either too obvious that he was obviously going to become our antagonist somewhere right. along the line, but he, he just wasn't established well enough for me to like, once it was revealed that I was like, oh, here it is. You know, I was just like, yeah. it was more just like, oh, here it is, you know? Right. Um, so Lincoln March is introduced in like the first issue. Mm-hmm. Um, he's running for mayoral. Yeah. Candidacy. Yeah, he's yeah. Running to be mayor. Immediately um, trying to gain the Batman's approval. Right. Well, Bruce, Bruce Wayne's, Wayne's approval. approval. Right. He Bruce didn't Wayne's know that he was approval. Batman. Yeah. yeah. Um, get it right, Matt. Get it tight. Bitch. You read the comics too. <laughs> <laughs> but Lincoln March, yeah, we're, we're it's almost like okay, we're introducing a brand new character. We're introducing brand new villains. They must be related in some way. Mm-hmm. And then Scott Snyder does the thing where they're attacked in what is it, Wayne Tower mm-hmm. at the very top, right? By a Talon, uh, incapacitating both Bruce and, and Lincoln. Him. So it's almost like okay, I guess he isn't the Talon, you know, and so. Was there was it? It feels like I don't know. It just feels like there was no commitment either way. That there was. How how did you guys feel about this railroad kind of roller coaster of like? Is he? Isn't he? How does this all fit together? What were you anticipating? I feel like I've seen too much of like the like actual leader intentionally taking damage in a story to like get their legitimacy, their alibi out of the mm-hmm. way. So it was that I, when that happened, I saw it as exactly as that. I was like, I bet this is just his alibi to be like, Oh look, they attacked me too. I'm innocent. Mm-hmm. And he does bring up later that he wasn't supposed to get attacked. It was like an, they, the court of owls called it an accident that he also yeah. got assaulted mm-hmm. in the moment. Um, but either way, I just, that's for me, that's what I kind of saw it as it was like, this must be him trying to prove he's innocent of this you know, group. From a, a a fresh perspective, I was super like, oh, he just he just got attacked. All this <laughs> stuff is going on, and I was like, you know what, this guy's not a bad guy. He's just a he's just a good old fellow out there. <laughs> I thought I genuinely thought later in the story, him and Batman would have been somehow tied together, and he right. would have been an ally of some sort. Um, That's what I was hoping for, frankly. He would have been yeah. an ally. I LGBT guess that was the only negative Q. boy. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wait, what did you say, Paul Damien? An ally. To LGBTQ. Oh, yeah. right. Of course. Yes. Right. <laughs> anyway. Um, well, no, when I first saw him, I thought uh, that his his stature, the way they draw mm-hmm. him, the way he stands, he's too he presents much of a himself. Well, not too much of a beefcake, but just he 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 pre- they presented him in the story. 
in such a way that it he he's got to be something more okay later on. i get what you say you're just yeah. too buff you know it's almost like uh <laughs> in an old time old timey cartoon where you see in the background something's drawn just a little too well that you know mm-hmm. they're about to interact with it yeah you know exactly. what i mean yeah exactly <laughs> like you can tell That's... which broom mickey's about to pull out of the closet because it's drawn better yeah. than the other ones <laughs> the yeah, best it's, look it's, it's the most detailed slightly broom. different color yeah. stuff like that yeah <laughs> i mean it's even like meeting back in our girl with the dragon tattoo you know uh stellan skasgard being yeah. cast as one of the people i was like oh well that's too big of a casting for him to just be another one of the family I was like he must be the most important exactly <laughs> so yeah so we also learn that Lincoln isn't necessarily completely with the Accord of Owls he also wants to take them over away from whoever is that's another thing we don't really see who's the head of the Court of Owls no we never get an answer yes. really that- I can imagine it's a con conglomerate That's but they true. talk yeah. about how they're they have this was just one small faction of them and they have organizations probably all over the world really you know it's like a it's yeah. not even something so contained as gotham is what he comes to learn but lincoln he brings them to this dinner party and has them all poisoned because and, he's trying to now take control of the court of owls yeah at least the ones in gotham it seems right so, once again and, and it's also revealed that lincoln fully believes that he is Bruce Wayne's brother. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. So what did y'all think about that? Do you, I mean, like, I thought that was the one thing I thought they did do a great job of, was never giving us the answer one way or the other if, if that fact was true. Because we did get evidence on both ends and even Bruce's doubt where he's like, would my parents have done that? Like, yeah. You know, and so he finds the John Doe that had been put into the orphanage, you know, only a week after his brother had supposedly died. So for me, I was kind of like, he looks too much like Bruce drawn wise to not actually probably be his sibling. So I kind of want to believe that he genuinely was Thomas Wayne Jr. Plus, the next book is called My Brother's Keeper. Oh, (laughs) spoilers. Well, so, at the end of the comic. Yeah. <laughs> I I was uh looking at that side story that's in this where they're talking about um Alfred's, Alfred's dad. dad. Right. And everything about that and then also diving into whether or not uh this is Batman's brother Bruce, Bruce Right. Uh, Thomas Wayne Jr. Yeah. Um I I thought it was very interesting that they go as far to say as hey these this uh the court of owls they raised this kid to believe that he was Batman's right. brother. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did such a good job of all of this that he eventually turns on them and he becomes a bigger monster mm-hmm. in within them. Right. Um, and then on top of that, we, we have those talks with Alfred where he's like, you know, um, I think we have our answer. I think we know truthfully, regardless of what happened, your brother's dead. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. But, but there's this idea here floating around that, you know, there's somebody that believes they're this person and regardless of that it doesn't matter because you're you're not getting back who you mm-hmm. who you right. could have who who it could be to in, in the same way that um alfred can't get back his dad that's and true he's yeah. he just can't get answers and they don't they don't need answers it's meant to be that way open-ended yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean the so you don't believe it's his brother i i don't think so but i i like the idea of it doesn't matter. Right. Yeah. The world's going to move the same way it moves, whether he is or isn't. I mean, it, and it, if he is, it's blood deep and that's it. You know, in reality, exactly. he's not his brother. Right. You know? Brother. Brother. Um, but yeah. I mean, it's great because it can fuck up Batman psychologically. Mm-hmm. It can kind of have a toll on him where it's like, fuck, I, I have 
what I thought I didn't have, which was blood relation mm-hmm. with someone who's out there crazy, or at least I have someone who is claiming to be blood related to me who is still alive and who knows my identity. Yeah, right. true. Uh, one thing that was so interesting about Lincoln's argument and all of it was that he was so mad at Bruce for never coming back for him. And I'm like, he was like three years old yeah, when you were born. Yeah, how the fuck yeah, he would he know you? He was three and they were like, oh, he died. I would be like, oh, okay. And then forgotten all about my brother at three years old. You know, like you wouldn't be like, oh, I need to go figure out if my parents were telling the truth about that yeah. all those years ago. You know, so I thought it was crazy that, well, one, one of the, well, first of all, the monologue and the fucking final fight between these two guys was one of the reasons I kind of was like, damn it, this comic book isn't landing the way I would have kind of hoped for. Right. It's like we already got so much of the explanation of why the things we're seeing are happening at this point. Why did why did Lincoln have to have this insane monologue throughout the entire final encounter where he literally has like two paragraphs of dialogue in every single panel and every single box where he gives this ginormous speech. It's like, why? I, that was it's one thing. He was like, you know how he felt. <laughs> you needed to get that e- other emotional <laughs> aspect of it. I just, yeah. and that's what I felt from the comic. Yeah. Movie. I mean, that's I just kind of couldn't believe that. that. Cause like you're right. Yeah. When we were getting Batman's perspectives, like when he's fighting in the big mech suit or even when he's in the labyrinth, you know, we still are getting all of this internal dialogue, but it felt so much more appropriate than like in the middle of like throwing punches and like flying through the sky and like throwing someone into an airplane. You're like, but also here's this big speech, you know? Well, I mean, yeah. that's, yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen any comic book movies or read any comic books, but. The bad guy always gives a speech. Yeah, those <laughs> monologuers. Got, he, you know, he wasn't in like eight issues of the comic, so <laughs> he he had to, he had to, he had to make up, up for the yeah. fact yeah. that he was So that's what God happened. We didn't get our main villain until the last what three issues, two yeah. issues. What what it feels like is yeah, it sure does feel like the giant, you know, villain monologue that is a stereotype he at actually this point. looks cool right there by the way yeah he does look really i didn't cool. hate on this suit i'm not gonna lie i thought I, it, I thought it fit to being what he would create as a something to face batman mm, you know it mm. would be much more armor designed you i know? guess that's true i don't know it just feels so overdone he probably but, drew it himself, it himself. <laughs> <laughs> um no all i'm trying to say is that it the it's almost like scott snyder having to convince you that it that he at least it's plausible that he is his brother. You right. know what I mean? And that's why we have this huge mm-hmm. over-explanation, it feels like, of of everything coming to an end here. Um, I mean, look at this. Talking, talking, I felt talking. Like, I actually really enjoyed it, <laughs> I to felt be like honest. It was a, a representation of the disassociation that that character has and, and the Court of Owls as a whole had uh, for them versus Batman, them versus uh, Gotham, them versus reality. Right. Um, so Batman. Because he's like spilling his whole reality out to yeah, Batman. He, he's spilling the beans. He's spilling his reality. <laughs> Blowing his load. Which is nonsense. While Batman's <laughs> like, like, hey. rain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Batman's like, hey, no, like, wake up. Yeah. Like, this is this is the truth. And he kind of like, again, does his Batman thing and just smacks his way. <laughs> smacks yeah. his way through. He punches he, his way through his problem. Exactly. He knocks some sense into him. <laughs> If somebody gets sick, they they blame the potato salad. But regardless of all the talking, I thought a lot of the fucking action was sick. I was trying to find the beans. I know. I knew you were. God damn it. Here it is, I think. We was young, full of beans. Dang. Um, No, yeah, I think that's a really good point. Like, it's 
it also gives you like more of a drive for the character, more of a reasoning behind just, oh, I was, I was a brainwashed child. Yeah. Like the, it gives you so much more. And that's why I enjoyed it. Because mm-hmm. I know y'all had a rough time getting through that last, the last few pages. Yeah. But I enjoyed it a lot because Lincoln March was just such a kind of half character. Right. You know? Until these pages. Until yeah. these pages. These pages come along. And it's a lot. Like you said, it's fucking paragraphs when they're kind of not needed. But at the same time, it gives you everything. It gives you his motive right. behind it all. Yeah. You know, and it gives you for sure. a, a setup for him to keep attacking Batman in the future. I don't you know? think I'm arguing the character doing it. I think I'm arguing that the Court of Owls was so such late. a good idea yeah, of a mm-hmm. villain that it was almost like we have to flip it up and and actually double up. Or double over. It's like a, a double agent. Well, yeah, I the problem you. is, is like it, they're such a cool villain, but they're not anything physical for Batman to punch in the end. You know, right. we need something for him to punch to, uh, and defeat, you. you know, so yeah. then they need it. So they was like, well, we already got all the fun stuff out it by issue seven. Now we need the punchable bad guy. The you know? punchable bad guy. Because yeah. <laughs> if, if we see Batman fight 15 Talons, and then we know in the other books that Nightwing can handle three and Damien can handle two. And then we can't have just 50 talons. Yeah. You know what I mean? We have to have one big tough talon. And so, and it, I mean, it must have been there from the get-go because Lincoln March is in the first issue. Mm-hmm. But I also love, I love the way they, because you're talking on that, like, oh, Nightwing can handle this many. Yeah. Thomas, uh, whatever can handle this many. It It's hilarious because when I think about it, you go back to some of the issues where Batman's fighting one of the talons. <laughs> And he's like, oh, you have tricks. Well, so do I. And then Batman's like, well, yeah, but your tricks are like a century old. (laughs) And so I can imagine that the reason that uh, Nightwing can handle multiple talons at the same time is because they're fucking 300 years old and they haven't done any training in 300 fucking years, Mm -hmm. you know? They've only done labyrinths. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And taking a big ass nap. I'm real good at mazes, motherfucker. (laughs) But yeah, it's just like, the, it's it's my biggest gripe with this book is that the villain just comes on so strong and heavy in the right. last two issues and we exactly have to get his entire story after 11 issues of storytelling it's like i wish he could have been maybe more seasoned into like what the court vow was was up to this entire time like if he was obviously able to get the entire group in gotham to come together and poison them all he obviously had some kind of level of like leadership to mm-hmm. this group and so maybe during the labyrinth and stuff have seasoned in some of this monologuing we get here at the end give him some of this reasoning why you know things are happening maybe not so direct but like you know these themes could have been put more flattened out i feel like throughout the whole story and not just like heavily tacked on at the end to feel like we're catching up a little it's my argument that instead of keeping the big bad secret ending or the secret villain hidden from the audience and the hero just keep it hidden from the hero and show us mm-hmm. early on so we can develop all this out and not have it all and so exposition he, yeah, at he, the end. So that he actually feels like a threat and not so mm-hmm. much as just like an emotional mountain to overcome in the end. Because that's what it really felt like to me. I never had a doubt Bruce was going to beat him in their fight somehow, some way. You know, I didn't think anybody else was going to show up to save the day or anything. I knew it was just going to be this one-on-one between them. Right. Um but yeah, I just wish that uh, he would have felt more threatening. There would have been more like, oh shit, like how, like, because that's just it. Bruce getting out of the labyrinth, that was like, I was like, how the fuck is he going to get out of this situation? I was genuinely like so enthralled in the fact that I was like, how is he going to overcome this obstacle? But I didn't feel that at all during this final confrontation. Even when he was like hanging from a fucking 
a plane, jet yeah, engine. jet engine. You know, it's like I know he's gonna figure this out somehow. You know, so, like, oh yeah, you he planted an explosive on the guy. So you're right. It's like have before. us see this super buffed up Falcon just or uh, Talon like <laughs> murdering uh-huh. people. You know, have him like stab Dick Grayson and you know get in a confrontation with Dick Grayson and se- like severely injure him in one or two is the first two issues you know and then then be like there's no evidence this guy existed dick like we don't know what the fuck you're talking about you know uh, i'll agree and disagree i really really did like the way this ending happens mm-hmm. i like everything that all the 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 closure it gets the the mud we have to walk through to right. get to the end but at the same time i could definitely say i think if they would have maybe spent another uh, book working with this character oh, for sure um, yeah that would have been enough to make it more satisfying more let less rushed right. to get through at the end um and that would have given us given us the readers a little bit more time to develop or, or process it um but I'm, I agree. I'm i'm honestly happy with it regardless mm-hmm. i at at the end of the the at the end of everything i think you're right 11 it this was perfectly contained in 11 issues even if it all had to be exposed mm-hmm. this way in right. the last two. We don't have a 12th issue that we have to read that spills it even further, drags it even further, you know? True. So I, I do, I am happy with how this, these 11 issues turned out. Um, Scott Snyder, before writing comic books, he wrote novels. Oh, okay. And mm. novels that didn't sell well. And that's probably why he has such a, love for words Mm -hmm. you know what i mean true and having so many of them be precious enough to be put on the page you know because there is a lot of dialogue it it was surprisingly dialogue heavy yeah Mm -hmm. and especially the more we got towards the end is even what i get i didn't feel like the first seven issues i didn't feel like i was like reading so much you know but then definitely like here we have literally eight bubbles in a single panel of conversation it's like there was just so much more uh what am I trying to say? Philosophical yeah. things to like explore in the last half, where the first half mm-hmm. was so much more psychological. You know, it's like how far can we push the Batman? You know, mm-hmm. the one bad day. You know, and he and he's got to learn something. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. by the end. So <laughs> very true. <laughs> um, and he's what he learns is that the city is a little bit of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little yeah. bit of all of us. It's a little bit of Batman, but it's a little bit of everyone at the so, same it's time. It's a little bit of Monica. Yeah, yeah. In my life, and yeah. and you know what we know for sure is wonderful. He'll always be watching. Yes. He yeah. is now uh, Owl Man. Um, <laughs> I, fair no, enough. Knowing that this was basically, this was the first Batman story told in the New 52, really, that, that makes me have such a more profound respect for what this story is because Scott Snyder exactly was not necessarily given a blank slate, but was like, all right, you're bringing us into a new era of DC. So this story needs to be something important and epic and something that's going to have ripples for the future and i think the court of owls was the perfect fucking stone for him to drop into the batman lore to be able to create like perpetual ripples off of them there's so many stories that can easily be told especially by establishing that like it wasn't just these dudes in gotham these motherfuckers are everywhere (laughs) so i mean they can just be pulling strings in any place in the dc universe and or at least on earth and it makes sense you know Um, so this won't be the last time we're going to read Scott Snyder's Batman run. Um, we're going to kind of jump around. I think this is going to lead into his justice league run. 
And of course, uh, dark metal and death metal and stuff like that. And then we can finally open the figurine that I got. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to offer, do you want to open it now? Nope. Nope. We're waiting. Okay. (laughs) We're waiting. So he's, he's in cellular cryo station right now. Cryo, cryo. True. He's our sleeping talent. Yeah. He's waiting for his day. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Until we finally, uh, release him from his, uh, prison. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, follow us on Instagram. That's going to be in the show notes below. Leave us reviews on all those podcasting sites. If you yeah. give us five stars and write us a review on uh, Apple Podcasts, we will read them eventually. We're kind of hoarding a few right now, yeah. and then we're going to read them all at once, I think. Or, well, what are we? Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm going to bring up what okay. we're doing next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about Moon Knight. Moon Knight by Brian Michael Bendis and mm. Alex Mayleave. So that should be a lot of fun. It's yeah. going to be 12 issues. Um, Echoes in that book. So, Oh, really? So we're, we're going to have some that's fun cool. there. We're just yeah. getting ready for all these future products. You know, Batman coming out soon. Yes. We got Moon Knight coming out soon. So yeah. we're just we're just getting all of our comic book info. So we, uh, we're excited for these upcoming uh, cinematic yes. you know, debuts. So. For sure, for sure. But Although com- they would have came out by the time you all hear this. Yeah. No, I, oh, I've, really? I've planned this to where this will come out before Moon Knight comes out. Yeah. Ooh, and, okay. But, but this will probably come out Post a Batman. week after Batman. Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. well... So. Either, Either way. way. Yeah. <laughs> Batman's hot on y'all's minds now. So, yes. And come back this Friday. We'll be talking about Batman and Batman Returns yes. by Tim Burton. So we're just, by the Tim we, are, we are all up in the bats. So Bullet! Can't wait to uh, get up all Bullet batty man. with y'all. So we'll see y'all then or we'll see y'all on another time. Thank Bye, you so guys. Much. Bye-bye. Get the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Nice.